what's up, Michigan? Welcome to the State Champs Hangtime Michigan podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity NAIA collegiate sports at Lawrence Tech, including men's basketball. Recruit yourself by going to ltuathletics.com. Click it on the Recruit Yourself link. My name is Lauren Plant. Hangtime Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. We've been saying it all season long. It's great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game. But more important, let's not have any games get canceled because we don't have officials. We need officials. Visit MHSAA.com. For details, the Michigan Army National Guard is the official military supporter of the MHSAA and a supporter of Hang Time, as are the great physical therapy and sports medicine pros with the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game Changers segments on the network. Great tips on making you a better, faster, stronger, healthier athlete. These are terrific features, and the entire playlist is on our State Champs Network YouTube channel. Go there and check it out. And if you're in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash game changers, and all of the videos are also uploaded there. All right, this is the companion podcast to our State Champs Michigan Hangtime digital show. We are premiering early this week for a regional finals preview, but this week's show has recaps from five selected regional semifinals games, including Warren De La Salle's 76-62 victory over Roseville, Grand Rapids Northview 68-55 win versus Muskegon. We also went downriver this week to see Woodhaven defeat Lincoln Park 56-34 in a regional semi. The defending D1 state champs Grand Blank defeated Flint Carmen Ainsworth 65-58. And in Division Two, we saw the team that finished in the rankings as our number one team in the state. Undefeated Williamston beat undefeated Onstead by a score of 57 to 38. Now, our number two team in the state was also in action on Monday night. The defending Division II state champs, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. They took on one of their rivals again from Grand Rapids Christian. They win that one 69 to 44. TJ Kelly is in studio with me. He was at that game, so he has his thoughts. And joining us for this week's Chalk Talk, sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, is the head coach at Grand Rapids Catholic Central, TJ Meerman. Coach, thanks for joining us on Hang Time today. You bet, Lauren. Thanks, and thanks, TJ. Thanks to you both for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, first off, I believe you guys are 22-1 and now on the season. Your lone loss was to Flint Beecher back in early January. You've run off 17 straight since then. Um, talk about the game Monday night, third time, I believe, that you played Grand Rapids Christian this season. That's always tough. I don't care what the sport is to beat a team three times. Yep, yep. It was actually it was our second time playing. Oh, it's only second. Okay, okay, yep, my bad. Yeah, but we we played we played Grand Rapids uh, uh, South Christian. A lot of okay. uh, a lot of people get those schools mixed up. They're in our conference, so we we battled with them twice. Um, but yeah, we opened up on December 10th against Grand Rapids Christian, and it okay, was right. a uh, it was a great game when we played in the first round. Uh, they they started off. I think they hit six of their first eight three pointers, and we were down 20 in the uh, in the first half. Um, and uh, we had to really battle back and chip our way back into that and ended up winning by, I think, three points. So, um, But it's a rivalry game. They're a, a very talented team. They uh, beat uh, undefeated Northview just two weeks ago on Northview's court. Um, and uh, like I said, they, they're, they're, they have a loaded roster and their coaches do a really good job. So we knew it was going to be a battle coming into last night's game. Uh, and it really was for two and a half quarters. Right. Um, TJ, what was your observations on what you saw Monday night? 
uh, a super tight game as I expected. Uh, I think it was 33-33 um, yep. at the at the half. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty sure what Fat Fat didn't even score. I'm talking about uh, Darrell Brooks, Fat Fat, uh, the standout sophomore for you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that he I don't think that he scored in the first half. But when the about like the four minute mark of the third quarter, like he just turned it on. The rest of your guys turned it on. I think he wound up going on like a 34 to seven run or whatever yeah. it was to to end the to end the game. Um, but Fat Fat was fantastic. Uh, his brother uh, Jordan. Headed to Ferris State was phenomenal. I was thinking in my head, you know, and watching. I was like, I was like, man, I was like Brooks and Dunn. You know, I'm trying to get my radio, my radio, uh, you know, whatever I'm gonna say and stuff yeah. like that. You know, so I'm glad I get to, you know, turn back the clock to the 20th century and bring up some of those guys. You know, the Oak Ridge boys and stuff. You know, and, but yeah. And so how does a guy get a nickname Fat Fat? Yes, I, I, so, I'm, so I'm curious as well. Coach. This question is asked all the time, and it, it's sure. a real sim- simple story, but a fun story. Is just he, he was a fat baby, and he's one of fat is one of uh, four brothers: Jordan, the uh, the oldest, and then two younger yeah. brothers. And um, they just said he always walked around; he had constantly had a bottle in his mouth, and he was the fattest of, of all of the kids. So uh, they called him fat, and and it stuck. You know, we were. He was on an unofficial visit two months ago over with uh, Coach Howard at Michigan, and, and the first thing that Coach Howard did is walk walk right up to him and said, "Man, you got the best nickname in the state of Michigan." And, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. So, anyway, it's uh, but but on top of that, uh, it, it goes well. Uh, he's a unique kid. Uh, he's a, a one of a kind leader and player, and uh, and I think that that nickname fits him well. Yeah, for sure. We're talking with Grand Rapids Catholic Central head coach T.J. Meerman today on Hang Time. Hey, coach, what's the biggest difference between last year's state championship team and this team as you prepare to take another run at it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is um, last year, I think we were a little bit of an unknown quantity, and, and especially because of uh, COVID and you know not being able to see and have uh, you know big crowds at games. Um won a state title last year and i and i think just the opposite has happened you know we've become a target for a lot of teams and and uh and so we've had to adjust to knowing that we're going to get the best punch from every team um and it's that's just a completely different role you know our our kids are when you look at our team from last year this year when i watched uh, unity christian film to prepare for last friday's game against a great team undefeated team i watched last year's game and I think the biggest uh, difference that I noticed with our team is just uh, their bodies uh, we're, were bigger, faster, and stronger because we return the majority of our players from that team. So it's it's nice to see that type of progress in our players. And I, I think, you know, TJ saw it uh, last night and just our speed and quickness on the court. Yeah. Absolutely. And TJ, you know, Jack Karaszynski is uh, a Mr. Basketball candidate. Yep. Uh, your thoughts on how he's developed over the years as you've watched? I love. Jack's versatility. I love how hard he plays. Um, there's some things that, that when I'm evaluating players that just don't go away. Like if a player plays hard, he's going to play hard all the time. Um, he just mm-hmm. finds ways to produce. Um, I think that he did a great job on uh, Jaden Owinga, uh, the big mm-hmm. sophomore from Grand Rapids Christian. Uh, you know, he, he was in foul trouble. I think he had three fouls in the in the first half. But Karazinski was the obvious senior. And Owinga was the obvious sophomore, and it was like it was like one of those things. Like, hey, I'm bigger, I'm stronger than you, and I'm out here to kick your butt, and I'm going to go win a state championship. Now, I think Owinga will probably develop into that player, um, you know, as as he gets older, junior and senior, and stuff like that. But 
how Karazinski is just mentally prepared, like he's just channeled in. I'm not sure, like if he's how many Mountain Dews or Monsters or whatever he's drinking, you know, before the games and stuff like that. But yeah, he he just brings it, and he's got like he, he plays like he's on a mission, and he lets the refs know it. He lets you know the you know the the other team know it and stuff like that. But he's definitely focused on the on the task at hand, and that's that's winning. And I think that you know he really sets the tone as far as having a winning culture. Yeah, talk about his leadership, coach. Yeah, that's uh, TJ hit it on the head. He's, um, you know, when when we look at the, all the five uh, on the ballot for Mr. Basketball, they're all great players. But I, I think the one thing that Jack Karzanski brings to the table, he might not have the stats of the other four. You know, um, he's averaging 17.7 uh, rebounds a game, um, but he makes winning play after winning play, and that's what he's done since he's been at CC uh, with uh, 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 the Owinga kids. Uh, he had three fouls in the first half last night, and he picked up his fourth. Jack stepped in and took a big charge last night mm-hmm. uh, for him to pick up his fourth. And when he was out of the game, we went on a big run. And um, he, had, he had, I think, 16 points, 12 rebounds, and four assists last night. Uh, we posted him up. We play him on the wing. Um, we uh, He ran the point for us on a few possessions when he rebounds. He's just he's so dynamic as a player. And his head coach from William & Mary was up, flew in last night to watch him play. And uh, just loved everything about him last night. So, um, uh, on top of that, he's a, a high academic kid, and uh, you know, just a, he's a guy that we want all of our young, younger underclassmen following. He's that type of kid. Yeah, well, I'm glad he submitted his application for the DAC Athlete of the Year. We'll find out if he gets nominated, but certainly a kid that needed to be in the mix, no yes. doubt about it. And you know, Coach, how long have you been at Grand Rapids Catholic Central now? This is my ninth year right now. Okay. Yeah. If you can, you just talk a little bit about you know how you came up in the game, a little bit about your background, and yeah. uh, you know who were some of the maybe the mentors that uh, guided you along in your journey. Yeah. So I, I, um, I have been at Catholic. This is my ninth year. Uh, prior to Catholic, um, I was at Grand Valley State for a year as an assistant coach on mm-hmm. staff. Um, prior to that, I. Uh, coached some high school basketball and football coming out of college. Um, I went to Central Michigan from 2000 through 04. Uh, so I played for Jay Smith up there and with uh, Chris Kamen and Mike Mansell and Whitney right. Robinson and Jair Wallace. And um, we, we had a really good team when I was up at CMU, uh, full of a bunch of great guys. We we were still talking and texting this morning after games. Um, but uh, so anyway, I, I think most of us from that CMU team, uh, you know, made a, made a bit of uh, a big run for us anyway into the second round of the NCAA tournament that year. Uh, and I think most of our, us are still in basketball in, in some capacity uh, and, and have kids coming up. Uh, Mike Mansell's two sons are really good players. Whitney Robinson's son is at Pontiac Notre Dame playing for him. And um, my nephew, my nephew is a sophomore playing for us at Catholic too. So we have our family and um, there's a lot of connections, but I think that grew at Central Michigan. Um, you know, prior to Central Michigan, I, I played at Coopersville, and uh, my dad was a 30-year uh, football Hall of Fame coach there. And wow. uh, so sports and growing growing up around yeah, the, the football stadium. My dad passed away seven years ago mm-hmm. after a real quick battle with cancer, and um, mm-hmm. and the football field at our at our high school, small little country town, is named after him. And I think uh, just nice. growing up in that environment um, set the stage for what I'm doing right now. So. Um, but I, I really enjoy being here. We have great kids. They're, they're excellent students. Uh, I think last year we were academic all-state uh, on top of winning a state title. Um, but coaching influences, obviously, you know, Jay Smith playing for him at Central Michigan. Um, but I think all of his assistants that uh, were there during my time, I'm still pretty close with. Um, one was uh, Dave Grube. Uh, he used to be the head coach at Kent State before he came to CMU. 
and he's a big-time motion offense guy. And uh, he drove up from Ohio last week, five-hour drive with his wife, Becky, just to watch our, our team play in a playoff game, which I thought was sweet. I haven't seen him in a few years. Um, but uh, other guys, too. Cornell Mann uh, was one of our assistants, and he's now at Missouri, and you know we still stay in touch. Um, uh, Coach Montgomery, who's back at Michigan State right now, Monty was at CMU when I was there as well. So uh, Jeff Smith, who's at Oakland, uh, all yeah. of those guys were on staff when I was at Central, and, and we still stay in touch. So, yeah. um, well, that, that's Interestingly enough, when I was doing play-by-play for Oakland uh, in 05 through 07, uh, Jeff Smith was there, even though he's there now. He left, and then he he came back. Uh, But he was at Oakland University. When we went to L.A. to play UCLA, UCLA was number one in the country. Can't be like books these crazy games, you know, for for Oakland to play. But it was great for, for, you know, the whole team to get to go to Los Angeles in December. So it was awesome. Chris Kamen was on the Clippers. And yeah. uh, he hosted, you know, the team to come in and and uh, see the Staples Center and and you know uh, go behind the scenes and, and do all that stuff and uh, and that was you know he was obviously just proud that you know uh, uh, Michigan team was was coming to L.A. to play and uh, he was really just a, a wonderful guy man just really cool yeah a five minute mile I believe yes <laughs> was it was it below was it below a five minute mile when he first time you guys it, ran. I that think it, it was a uh, it was a five minute mile, and I don't even know if he tied his shoes. Like he, that's how Chris was. He would roll in. He was my my players don't believe me when I told that about him, but he is the fastest, most athletic seven footer that I've ever been around. Yeah, um, and and a great guy. He he uh, he married Emily to uh, um, Villamonte, a soccer player from um, our time up at CMU, and my wife Jackie was on the uh, track and field team up there at the same time. So there were a wow. bunch of us athletes that all hung out, and uh, yeah, and Chris is just. A, great guy his brother Mike coaches at Triunity Christian mm-hmm. so last year in the semifinals uh, they were uh, playing in the semifinals against Douglas over here at Van Andel and that's right we got to re- reunite with the Caymans there too so um, great family though really cool that's family. awesome well, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you know, Coach, uh, BCAM has introduced and, and officially launched the one-team campaign that they did this season. And uh, this is an effort to promote unity among team schools and the communities. And uh, this is, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to partner up again so we could kind of champion, help champion that effort. And, you know, they've encouraged things like, you know, teams standing together at Anthem, uh, Anthems looking to promote, uh, you know, that we all are one team. Uh, I know you're a big BCAM guy and, and uh, yeah. uh, always looking to emphasize unity. Did you guys do anything in particular this season? Uh, and just in general, what are your thoughts overall on what uh, BCAM's trying to do with this one team campaign? Yeah, I, I, I'm a proud member of BCAM. Um, I appreciate everything they do for the state of Michigan and, and all of our players and and, um, and all of us coaches as well, uh, from from training to uh, the, the uh, coaching clinics that they host uh, to the award ceremonies that they have. Everything is is first class with BCAM, and, and so we, uh, we definitely really appreciate that. And, you know, the, the whole one-team idea is something that we try to embrace um, – uh, every year, I know this is the, that's their their uh, their code words for this year. But yeah, we we share film with anybody that needs film. Uh, we we open up our practices. We have when Pontiac Notre Dame comes over to scrimmage our team uh, this past year. Um, we have a big dinner where the two teams have dinner together afterwards nice. um, at our at our events. Um, you know, we hosted a, a, an event at, at Van Andel Arena this year, and we had dinner for both teams after to sit together and hang out. And I know that Mike did the same thing at uh, Grand Blanc this year. And 
Um, so, you know, if, 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 if we're to win a game after a game, uh, in, in the state playoffs, uh, most coaches that we've talked to are like, hey, go go win the whole thing. And if we were to lose, I would say the same thing to them. Uh, it, you know, it, go go uh, go run run the table. So anyway, um, you know, I think think uh, being a former high school coach uh, or a, sorry, a former high school player, a college yeah. player that was able to have his, his uh, college paid for anytime you can promote other players and help promote other programs in our state to have that similar type of experience. We got to do it. That's what we're here for. That's what, that's what TJ does for a job. And and you guys do the same thing as state champs, help them promote. So that's right. That's yeah. Appreciate that's weird. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. The, I say the fraternity, you know, the sorority, uh, you know, the camaraderie that, um, that basketball brings. And I always tell kids, I was like, you never know who's watching in the stands. And even though, you know, you might not recognize anybody or anything like that, there's somebody that knows somebody a lot oftentimes. And I mean, shoot, last night when I walked into the, the, the game at Forest Hills Eastern, and I'm, and I'm happy that I got there like right after a halftime of the Sparta-Whitehall game because there was a huge line. So I can't imagine all the people that were there, um, you know, that, that might have been there. Uh, you know, that no other people, you know, they can reach out to, uh, you know, uh, Stan Heather at Eastern Michigan or or yep. I'm just trying to remember guys that are still here because, you know, obvi- obviously we've lost a lost a couple of guys and stuff like that, you yeah. know, because of March. But, you know, if somebody can reach out to 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 Campy or they can reach out to whomever, um, I, I think that that's one of the things that kids need to understand that hey, you got kids, you got fans out here that have your back and they want to see you succeed. Um, and I think that that's one thing that we can all bring to the table. Um, and, and I think that once – and it's great – let's say this. It's great that when, when kids realize, um, you know, that, that we do have their back. Um, I, I just think a lot of times they, they're reading social media and they're seeing so much of the negativity rather than understanding and, let's say this, having faith that, um, you know, that there are a lot of people out there that have their backs and want to see them succeed. And, uh, you know, hats off to you and hats off uh, to the BCAM community and everybody involved. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Uh, I got a few more for you. Sure. Number one, uh, and I'm always fascinated by this because, you know, state champs in the fall is going to be celebrating our 20th year. So, uh, yeah, so we're really excited about that. And we've had an opportunity to see um, not just programs, not just teams, but schools in general really become these athletic powerhouses. And what we've seen over the last decade happening at Grand Rapids Catholic Central, I mean, anyone who's a football fan knows that, you know, the Cougars are just a team to beat, you know, year in, year out uh, now. And uh, and they'll take on all comers. You guys will play anybody as well. And you've, you know, really now over the last several years, um, minus the COVID year, you know, which, which interrupted everything, but uh, has really put together a team that um, those kids, your kids, believe that uh, every year they're going to win every time they step on the court, and more often than not, we're going to see you at the Breslin Center. Yeah, it's it's a special environment to be in, and I'll say I'll give you know credit to our athletic director Trevor Hinshaw. Yeah. Um, when I came in to meet with him, uh, and, and uh, when I came in to meet with him, the, you know that was our first conversation that we had was how how do we uh, how do we make this the best program in the state? And he's he's helped out tremendously with, uh, from that. He's a former basketball guy. He coached up at Lake State, and um, so he gets basketball. And um, you know he understood the importance of uh, making sure that we had gym time for camps and uh, that we had the month of June booked for 
um, for all of our different uh, team camps that we go to. But um, I think it's mainly just, you know, providing opportunities for our players uh, to grow and improve. And then obviously, uh, I think one thing that we've done at CC, you know, both football and basketball is we put players at the next level. So I think next year, uh, when our three seniors, uh, we have uh, Jordan Brooks is going to Ferris State, Jack Karzinski who's going to William & Mary, and Luca Ressler is going to Kelvin University to play. When those three are playing next year, we will have uh, 10 college players playing at the same time who are graduates of our high school. And I think that, um, you know, giving them opportunities in June, taking a bus, our, my coaches and I are driving a bus down to Xavier. And the cool thing about it, too, talk about that brotherhood of basketball hood is, is when we go down there, we see Juan from Ferndale and his team. And he's right. he's down there driving a bus to get Ferndale down there, too. Um, but we've given them those opportunities to play on those types of stages in June um, on top of what uh, what BCAM did last year with um, uh, the camp that was at Grand Valley State that helped our guys receive about 15 different offers from schools. So um, nice. I think that's a, a big, important piece for the culture of our school, our football and basketball program. Is just um, you know players know that they're going to have to put in extra time, but with that extra time comes opportunities for scholarships and and some just some pretty cool situations. You know they're going to get to travel the world uh, playing a sport they love uh, for yeah. for four years in college. Right, I I, I remember uh, what you were were you guys in, you guys were in maybe you guys were headed to Cincinnati. I know that I was in Fort Wayne. I forgot if you yeah. were at Purdue Fort Wayne. You know, but yeah, then we, I was like I was like well I'm headed down there too. Uh, you yeah. know, so, but I, I love, I love June team camps and not only that, it really does allow your guys, you know, to be seen that much further in, and, and what you've done with, with, uh, with the, with your program. I remember, you know, years ago, you know, when, when, you know, we knew each other from working together with, uh, you know, um, Michigan elite 25. Um, but yep. then, you know, you, you wound up having this junior that walked in, you know, and it was like, Hey, you know, expect some phone calls, you know? And, <laughs> and, and then the next thing, you know, it was just like, Hey man, like, who are you? You know, like, what, like, you know, all these guys and stuff like that, you know, you know, you had yeah. being, being from Maryland, giving you a call. I know he's over at DePaul, but you know, then you also mm-hmm. had Michigan and Michigan state and, you know, a bunch of other schools that are reaching out to you, um, about, about the Marcus Bingham, now the all time leading shot blocker at Michigan state history. And, it, yep. Yeah, I think that you know just what you guys have been able to do as far as develop players, making sure that they are you know that they realize that hey you know if you want to be in this you got to take care of your academics. Not saying that Marcus yep. wasn't Marcus was kind of on the cusp of where he was going to yep. be you know as far as his future in college. Uh, but what you guys have done um, for him uh, is you know, as well as other players, you know, has, has been phenomenal. And we, you know, we were talking right before the podcast. I mean, you've got Caden Brown I and mean, you got a lot of guys, you mentioned that you mentioned your three seniors, but then the cupboard's yeah. not dry after next year. I mean, you've got Caden Brown, who is one of the best scorers, shooters in the state, but not to, I mean, I don't think that that out surpasses a 4.2 GPA, which is bringing in a lot of calls from the Ivy Leagues. And I think that that's just as important, you know, what they're doing after the ball ball stops stops bouncing uh, for what you guys are doing and stuff like that. And, yeah, uh, hats off to you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's been phenomenal. What was it like the first time you really started getting a lot of calls from college coaches? And I know that's kind of like a regular day thing for you. Mr. Big Time. Yeah, yeah, it, it's become a regular day thing um, because of our players, and uh, and we take them at all times. But Lauren, too, I, I do have to tell you in the, in the earlier stages too, when I'm just trying to get to know more college coaches and and uh, and build uh, build those connections. TJ was one guy that I reached out to for numbers all the time. I'm like, hey, you you got a guy, you got a coach at Illinois State. Like, I think it might be a good fit for this kid, and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to text him film. 
And so, TJ, I shout out to you because I appreciate. I mean, you've given me at least fifty numbers in the past four years, so I appreciate Glad that. To help. Yeah, but it's it's um it's it's been pretty cool. You know, they you got to find even with, with all the offers, they got to find one school that they love and that loves them. And then, um, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's been special coaching a kid like Caden Brown and and the rest of our guys too. You know, KK is going to play for free um, and get his college for free here uh, coming up shortly. But we also have another senior on our team right now, Ben English, who's also a 4.1 student who is looking to go be a student manager. Um, last year, one of our senior captains on our state title team who didn't see the court a lot because of how talented that team was, is uh, working for Juwan Howard and the Michigan staff right now as a student manager, too. So it's just really cool to see all of these opportunities. You know, uh, Jordan's getting his education paid for. Fat is. Jack is. Luca's, uh, Luca is. We have uh, Nate Van Timmeren, who's at Toledo right now for a football visit. He'll be back this afternoon for practice. My nephew, uh, Carter, has uh, been hearing from some schools as well. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a good thing to have, and it's, it's, it's special for us to have upperclassmen like a Caden Brown with a 4.2 for these underclassmen to look up to and say like, Hey, he's not, he's not slouching in any area of his life. And he's, he's getting it done in the classroom and off. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing when Marcus came to us is, um, you know, we first looked at his transcript and he had a 1.0 and, um, and our principal didn't admit him when he tried, when he first tried to enter. And then, um, uh, later they they did after he took a couple summer classes and, and increased his gpa but he had to prove that he wanted to be here uh then when he actually um when he enrolled and and we met the kid uh, he started doing homework on his own and he had uh, never done that his mom called me after like maybe two weeks of uh, his first two weeks at catholic central and she was crying she was like man my kid's coming home and doing homework at the table um but uh and again to, to marcus's credit he had never had to do that he didn't know that college was an option for him and um and then you grow six inches in a year and and things yeah. change quite <laughs> quite quickly but um yeah. you know more more props to him my, my son and i for his senior night were able to be there they marcus asked us to go down on the court with him at michigan state and uh you know we've been able to experience some special moments because of uh special young men in our program all right that's awesome. Make it make an education cool. Yes. Making smart yeah, making smart cool. Yeah. We'll they take some <laughs> we'll take some of those athletes here at Lawrence Tech too. You know, don't forget about yeah, us down yeah. here, man. We do. We had one of our one of my students is uh okay. is uh, playing lacrosse down there right now. Too, okay, so. good. Okay. Yep. All right, good, good. Hey, um, before we let you go, just two more real quick. You've got a team yep. coming out of the West Michigan Conference, Whitehall next in the regional yep. championship. They've won thirteen of their last fourteen. What do you know about the Eagles? Yeah, well, they're an extremely uh, physical team, and so that's something that we're going to have to prepare for. It's, it's a quick turnaround. We, we don't ever get in the habit of watching games before we play an opponent, assuming that we were going to be Grand Rapids Christian. Like, that's just not, not how we roll. So we right. prepare for Grand Rapids Christian, and then today is going to be the first day outside of watching them play live that, um, you know, our coaches have been breaking down film, but this will be the first time that we introduce film and our game plan to our guys. Um, but I, I think a big component is going to be um, keeping them off the offensive glass. Uh, they're ex have an extremely long lineup, and, and you know, we're, we're quick and fast and athletic, but we lost a, a Gabe Quillen, our 6'9 kid from last year, to uh, Hope College. He's playing there now. Um, so we don't really have that big rebounding presence in the paint. So it's got to be a collective effort. So that's been our focus the last couple of weeks. Unity Christian, we were able to win the rebounding battle um, against one of the best rebounding teams in the state. And, uh, uh, you know, TJ saw us last night. We're, we're really fast in transition when we 
when we pressure and when we rebound. And uh, because with the five guys that we start and our first couple guys off the bench, um, not one of those guys outlets the ball. It's all we, if they rebound, we're running. So that's going to be item number one is uh, is being able to match their physicality and being able to rebound with them. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Last question. We've been doing this poll all season, and it's on the the shot clock. Your thoughts on yep. instituting the shot clock into the high school game? I would absolutely love it. I would love it. Um, I heard uh, uh, at the BCAM clinic this year, they talked about a, a couple different uh, wrinkles for next year's season as possibilities. One was, I think, playing 22 games in the season, and I think that's needed. Um, yes. I think, that, I think that has to happen. You know, we – we switched conferences two years ago and our conference gained another team. So we lost two more games. And I just think right now we only, so we have 14 games this year. We were able to schedule um, Grand Blanc and Beecher and uh, UD Jesuit. So we were able to schedule some good schools, but it would be so nice. Um, and it would really help with our kids recruiting if we could have two more non-conference games. Yeah. Um, so I think that has to happen. I would rather have, if we had to choose between one or the other, I'd rather have 22 games before a shot clock next year. But uh, if, uh, if they're giving out presents, we, I would take the shot clock at any time. It's just, uh, yeah. I saw it in, in state tournament games I watched last year. I watched teams hold the ball at the top of the court for two and a half minutes. And um, <clears throat> I don't care up, up or down if, if it's uh, unless it's under 30 seconds, we're not holding the ball against anybody we play, whether we're up or down. Uh, I just more of a more of a purist. And I believe that's how the game should be played. And um, and also when when we're looking at what kids are, are doing at the next level in college, exactly. like, there's a shot clock. Like, let's right. let's prepare them right now. That's what we're trying to do. So yeah. what, do, what do you guys think? You both on board with that? Uh, I, I would I would love 22 games. Um, and you know, it just frees up so much. Greatly appreciate you coming down to the Motor City Round Ball Classic last year, or yeah, yeah, well, I guess it was last year, but earlier this season, uh, to play UD Jesuit. Uh, and I also think that a shot clock, maybe not so much during the regular season, do we see how much it's needed, but definitely during the playoffs. Um, I know that last night, you know, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, they wound up, uh, uh, beating North Farmington, but wound up holding the ball for quite a while. I know that, mm-hmm. you know, two years ago, or last season, excuse me, I'm going to bring up your foe, also a good friend of yours, Juan Rickman, uh, when you played Ferndale, yeah. uh, th- their quarterfinal game, um, they wound up playing uh, Croswell-Lexington, and I believe that was a double overtime game, but there was a lot of, you know, hey, I get a lead and I'm going to hold the ball. You know, and, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, there, there are fans that are there. It's entertainment. Um, it's entertainment, which winds up, you know, uh, spreading out to scholarships and, and having, you know, affecting a lot of lives and stuff like that, you know, in a positive mm-hmm. way. And I think that a shot clock would affect the, yeah. uh, a lot of fans' lives in a positive way. Um, so and make, that, you better, my two make you a better player, too. So, yep. uh, especially yep. on defense. So, hey, Coach Mary, hey, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for coming on Hang Time. We yeah. really appreciate it. Good luck. And hopefully, we're going to see you at the Breslin next week. Yep, yep, one game at a time. But, again, yep. thank you to both of you. Thank you for all you do for uh, for basketball in the state of Michigan, for all sports in the state of Michigan, but specifically from, from a hoops coach. I appreciate you and, I, and know that our program does too. Okay. All right, thanks. Thanks. All right, well, we thank Coach Meerman for joining us. I'm going to put TJ on the spot and get some regional finals predictions from him. But before we do, I want to tell you that the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards deadline has been extended. So you have until March 25th to submit your applications. You go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com. We're looking for first-team athletes uh, from, you know, 
first-team All-State athletes from the fall, uh, or you were predicted, or maybe you've already been selected in the winter or projected to be one, or projected to be a first-team All-State athlete in the spring. You've got an overall GPA of uh, 3.0 uh, or greater, and uh, you also have been a leader on your team. Everything that he said Jack Karazinski was, you know, and that's a kid that uh, submitted his application. So now he has an opportunity to be considered to be nominated for Male Athlete of the Year. There will be six male and six females who get nominated, but you cannot be nominated if you don't apply. So if you have an athlete that fits that criteria, get your application in. You won't regret it if they're selected. We have a tremendous uh, gala in downtown Detroit at the Detroit Athletic Club. Uh, it's very much like a an Oscars feel. Everyone's dressed to the nine, the red carpet, the whole deal, and we celebrate uh, your career uh, in high school, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. So go to DACAthleteoftheyear.com and download the application. We also thank the Goodman Acker Law Firm. During the most difficult times of your life at Goodman Acker, you work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. They fight for you just like they would a member of their own family. Experienced, ethical, aggressive mention. You heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs, and they will provide you with a free assessment of your case. Goodman Acker, good decision. Call one 800 trusted we thank all our partners in supporting the hang time podcast okay i plucked five regional games one from each division and two from division one all right so let's see how you do at the prognosticating game and then we'll see if we should pay attention to your march madness bracket <laughs> see how good you are at least on this because we'll know these results wednesday night so all let's, right. let's all see right. Sounds uh, good. i'm going with grcc in division <laughs> i'm not asking you about that uh in division four um I believe they're they're 17 wins. Taylor Trillium Academy yep. is taking on 19 and four Southfield Christian. Now, before you answer, if you look at one of their co- common opponents, uh, Trillium just beat Plymouth Christian on Monday, and Plymouth Christian beat Southfield Christian once this season. They played twice, beat them once. Uh, Southfield Christian took care of Detroit Douglas Monday night. Your thought on that? Who should win? Oh wow, Southfield Christian, so much experience. Um, I mean, like. Like you know, Grand Rapids Catholic Central and and other programs around the state, they have built a basketball program over the last you know dozen, fifteen, no, twelve, thirteen years. Um, but I'm going to go with Southfield Christian. I did see Taylor Trillium earlier this year. I do like what they have. I think that they are going to have to like all other teams. They're going to have to put emphasis on taking care of the ball. Um, they do have some talent, and they also have a very talented uh, junior on their team whose name escapes me right now. That's okay. But he's got a lot of consonants. And obviously a big win over Plymouth Christian and yes. to get to the reg- regional Huge. final. Huge. Yeah, so that that's good. So we'll see where that one goes. Uh, you are taking Southfield Christian. We'll see if that one pans out. In Division Three, 18-5 Erie Mason is taking on 7-12 and E-Course. Uh, E-Course still around. We saw earlier this season, of course, E-Course beat River Rouge first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took care of uh, Detroit Voyager Prep Monday while Erie Mason needed overtime to beat Ann Arbor Green Hills. E-Course's record isn't uh, indicative to what they are uh, just because they had to forfeit quite a few games uh, from de- December and January. They definitely have the talent. I know we've talked about uh, Maliko Lafoye and Kenny Morast. Uh, you know Kenny Morast Jr. multiple times, um, whether it be on you know in the studio or on hang time. Um, I really like what they're doing. Guard play wins. 
um, in college or excuse me in high school basketball, and I really like um, the you know what they have. Then they're far more than star power. There's a lot of um, production to what they bring to the table. But I'm I'm a, I'm, go- I'm rolling with uh, Gerard Abrams and the Raiders. All right, all right. In Division Two, twenty and two Romulus Summit Academy is taking on eighteen and five Detroit Edison. Second time they will play this season. Summit uh, Academy defeated Depsa in the Charter School Tourney semifinals, 62-57. to That was a close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summit Academy almost doubled up Ida on Monday, 47-25. Edison beat Dearborn Heights by 19. You know what? I really like, uh, let's say this. For those that are listening and maybe not familiar with uh, Mark White, uh, who's the head coach at Romulus Summit, if we go back to the early years of state champs, he was uh, leading uh, Detroit Renaissance, Renaissance to state championships and city championships and McDonald's All-Americans. He's been there. He's done that. Uh, then you look over on the other side, and you've got Depsa with Bo Neely. Been there, done that. Uh, they are Depsa's boys are trying to get to where the Depsa's girls are as far as right. on a year-in, year-out. Uh, basis, but I really like what Depps is bringing to the table. I think that uh, Bryce Eaton, uh, who's a standout junior, he is he's really playing well. He's had a breakout year. Um, athleticism is coming along. He's grown. Um, I can no longer call him vertically challenged now that he's taller than me. Um, even though at five foot ten, I think a lot of other people would call him vert- vertically challenged. <laughs> yeah, okay. But for me, you're all right. But uh, in that game, uh, if, if there's a coin toss, um, I think that, it, that if wow. wow. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to go with Depsa. Depsa I and, knew and, you would. Yeah, say I'm that. gonna have to go with Depsa, even though I do like Romulus yeah. Summit, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where when when the state playoffs come around, it's a little bit different than when you're in your in your in your conference championships. Yeah, so. no doubt. Both teams have played some big time opponents yes. over the season, so yes. they're seasoned. So yeah, it just could be. Uh, you know, come down to the last ton possession. Ton of preparation. Ton yeah. of preparation, yes. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. That should be a great game. Uh, we'll be covering that on state champs for sure. Uh, in Division One, twenty 20-3 Hamtramck. Taking on 19-4 Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Cosmos knocking off the Catholic League champs. UD Jesuit on Monday, 61-48. to uh, OLSM defeated North Farmington by just two points, 46-44. And, but... Arguably the top, the, the toughest regional in the state, um, as far as Division One. I, I, I think well, it doesn't matter which division. Um, even though last week we did bring up the Croswell Lexington, who was undefeated, and yes. then you've got uh, I think New Haven and some other some other teams in there. Goodrich. Um, I'm more intrigued about this game. I'm like a historian kind of guy. I like to read about a whole bunch of stuff. And I, when I see, like you've got Hamtramck, which is very much a Polish city. Then you've got Orchard Lake St. Mary's, which is very much started by by yeah. Polish people. They have a Polish festival. They have a Polish festival. That's quite and fun. Then, and then the capper on this year is you have Bartosz Kapuska, yes. who got here from Poland in, in late August. Yes. And so... Uh, that be dunk against King. Yes, yeah, and he's got a and he's a unsigned senior, and um, I think that those schools with scholarships available, they should really look into uh, checking out Bartos because so much of what he's done over the last six months. In saying that, I I'm uh, I, DJ Foster, you're my guy. You know, Todd Colvert, you're my guy. Better golfer than DJ. Uh, you know, I, I called. I, I actually, yeah. I called North Farmington's game versus uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's game the the Battle of the Tods. Right. Uh, you know, with Todd yes, negotiating over right. at North Farmington, and and what a battle that was. But I think that, at the end of the day, uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's they're both they're both super battle tested. 
Orchard Lake St. Mary's uh, and Kareem Rozier, uh, I think that, you know, they just have – well, they both have outstanding guard play. I think that Kareem Rozier kind of puts them over the over the top. And then I also think the size with D.C. Temple as well as uh, Bartos uh, Kapuska um, playing down in the playing down low for Orchard Orchard Lake St. Mary's will be the difference. And now, if Hamtramck can come out there and they can shoot the ball like they have been known to do, uh, then then it's then it's wide open. I know that in Hamtramck. They, they, I mean, they're so they're so geek. They, they, they might have a a parade, um, in Hamtramck, which would be epic. Yeah. because uh, we can go to Polish Village and then we can go grab some, uh, um, some Yemenese food and do whatever else and stuff like that. But I'm I'm going to go with Orchard Lake St. Mary's in this one, and I think that you know if I can jump the gun a little bit, I think that Orchard Lake St. Mary's is, you know, in in tune with. Uh, hoisting some uh, hardware in March 26th. Yeah, we will see. We will see. I, I would say Hamtramck getting out of districts. You know, they lost to King last year. And They've overcome a lot. They have. And uh, to be where they are right now, and they're riding high. Yeah. You know, they beat Sonny Wilson and, and UD Jesuit, who was going to, uh, you know, as a team that uh, had high hopes. So we shall see. Last one, finally, 14-9 and Clarkston is meeting 15-8 and Detroit Catholic Central. Now the Wolves beat Rochester Adams rather handily Monday, 64-46. to CC uh, only allowed 36 points to Heartland, won by 33 points. Yeah, uh, wow. And I, I think that this is going to be kind of a testament to what Catholic Central um, and uh, the Catholic League Central um, has, has prepared them for this. Uh, you know, Catholic League, uh, excuse me, uh, Catholic Central, you know, didn't have the greatest league record, but then they wound up making it to the, the Central Championship or the or the, the Bishop Championship. Um, then you look over at, or I forgot, it might be the Cardinals, but whatever. Yeah, but, right, which uh, division it was. Yes, I think Bishop is the right. Bishop I'm champ- pretty sure yep. that's right, yeah. Um, but I but I think that they're they're riding high at the right time. Uh, they've got, they've got, uh, quite a little bit of talent. They've got size in the post. Cam Mays is one of those guys where he's just a matchup problem. I think that what Clarkston will have to overcome is um, outside of outside of Keegan Walsick, Walsick, who's had an outstanding who's had an outstanding senior year. Also, a scholarship coaches. He's a scholarship player. You know, he he shouldn't definitely be on a lot more guys' radar than what he is right now. And I know Great. that it's difficult. Yeah. Um, but I'm go, I'm Great. I'm going to go with um, the size of uh, uh, of uh, Catholic Central. You know, they've got big Cooper Crags yeah, headed to Oakland University, and I'm not sure can, what what Clarkston can do to overcome. If he gets hot to overcome to if he overcome gets hot that. on the outside. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah, and then I mean, what he does in the post, and I think that that's what makes Cam him so Mays dangerous. And, and, and yeah, and then you also have Chaz Lewis, who's having yeah, a, yes. a phenomenal year, yeah. and then you've also got T.J. Nadow, who's who can shoot it with anybody in the yeah. state. You know, yeah. at at six four six five. So right there, they've got three guys that they they, they start who are taller than anybody that Clarkston yeah. has. Um, outside so, of the big fellow who's only a sophomore right. and it's going to take him a little bit, yeah. a little bit while uh, a little while to overcome uh, just the hump of the physicality because oh man uh cooper's gonna probably kick a hole in his chest if i can go out there and say that you know i'm just saying 
you know, 230 pound senior versus, yeah. you know, a, a 200 pound six foot 10 or 180 pound six foot 10 sophomore. Right. Uh, you know, hey, that's that's a, that's a battle that no sophomore looks forward to. Yeah, exactly. So now we're doing a great job. So now he's doing a great job and Tim Wasilk's doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, Clarkston, great to see them beat Rochester Adams. Yeah. Um, when I saw that that matchup was coming along, I remember that it was his first year. Um, as coach at Clarkston when Rochester Adams wound up hitting the game winner, and I forgot if it was Gunnar Walters, um, who's another unsigned senior, uh, no, obviously not playing anymore, who wound up hitting that state or who wound up hitting that game winning shot as a freshman and wound up knocking Clarkston out mm-hmm. of districts for the first time in I don't know how many years. Um, so, uh, yeah, but um, I'm, I'm looking at Catholic Central and I'm actually seeing, you know, three teams that are going to be, you know, further down the road that are wound up uh, being in the. Making making a, a further okay. making the advancement. So all three right. out of five teams coming from one league is huge. Huge. All right. We'll see what happens. That's all the time we have for this week's Hangtime Michigan podcast. Please check out the Hangtime Digital Video Talk Show for recaps, TJ's takes, and more. We have a way too early discussion on the next year's Mr. Basketball race. It's also a regional edition, so check it out all over the State Champs social media pages and the website statechampsnetwork.com, as well as our free streaming app, should you be so inclined. Follow TJ Kelly on Twitter at ScoopIPS. I'm Lauren Plant, and believe me when I tell you, we'll see.